So Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what will you eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the air. They do not sow, or reap, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers in the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God, who clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, but tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Thank you, Catherine, for reading. So, uh, do not worry. Uh, when I first saw that I was going to do a talk on one verse, here's the irony, I worried uh, a little bit. Uh, in prepping the last couple of weeks, uh, there's been times I've worried. Uh, worried about right now. Uh, worried about the service review tomorrow, where everyone gives the constructive feedback that you really do love and appreciate. Uh, sarcasm aside, uh, one thing we can say straight off the bat this evening is that Jesus knows us well. He knows that we worry. He knows we worry about this life and things in it now. And he knows it's not limited to the present. Jesus knows we worry about tomorrow. We worry about the future. There'll be differences, of course. There are different factors behind it for each of us. Different ways we express it. Different degrees to which it affects us. Different ways we try and deal with it. But this evening, what's common to you and me is that we worry, and we worry about the future. Uh, maybe for you now, it's the immediate future. Maybe it's this next week coming up. Maybe you've got some exams in school coming up, or maybe you've got stuff at work that worries you. Maybe it's stuff a bit further afield. Maybe you start sixth form in September. Maybe you're looking at unis at the moment. Maybe you're heading off to uni in September. Or maybe you're worried about lockdown easing. Or lockdown not easing. Uh, or, or maybe it's, it's not as specific as that. Maybe as you think about the future, you worry about things like money. Am I going to have enough? Where am I going to get it from? Possessions. Maybe it's friends. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's health. And it's not hard to see why we worry, really, is it? It's not hard to think why we worry about the future, because the future is ultimately uncertain to us. It is 
unknown. It's uncontrollable. And we like certainty. That we want to know things. We love being in control. The pandemics highlighted that like nothing else, probably. Add to this the fact that the future is always there. It's always tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. Our worries about the future can be powerful, can't they? They can, they can come and grip us. They can control us. They can distract us from today. They can stop us enjoying life now. They can prevent us from being effective in the here and now. And it can be exhausting worrying about the future. We don't want to exaggerate that power uh, or forget what Steve uh, was talking about last week from the uh, bulk of this passage in terms of how we can lose sight of God's greatness ourselves and so worry. But it's good to recognize that we're dealing with something that can be powerful. Which is why verse 34, that final verse read this evening, is so awesome. Because Jesus tells us how we can face those worries about the future and respond well to them. And Jesus seems to put it pretty simply, doesn't he? Verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. God, I love Jesus has a sense of humor because we know tomorrow can't worry. Tomorrow isn't a person. It can't worry. But when we think about what he's saying there, we know that he's saying someone much greater than ourselves is dealing with tomorrow. Our Father in heaven, not constrained by time, all-knowing, all-powerful, He's on it. He is on it. We can trust God with tomorrow and focus on today. That's how we can face and respond to our worries about the future. Trust God with tomorrow and focus on today. Now, I realize that when I say that, we can get stuck in the easier said than done. And in no way am I wanting to trivialize at all things we will worry about. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying there's a quick fix uh, or there's a 10-step guide to a worry-free life. Don't worry, I don't have 10 points. But what I think, what I think Jesus helps us do is step back. Is step back and see the big picture to help us face our worries about the future and respond. Trust God with tomorrow and focus on today. There are two things we're going to think about together this evening. So first off, trust God with tomorrow. Now obviously, verse 34 comes in the context of verse 25 to 33. And last week, Steve helped us think about it by giving us six Ps, because you've got to love alliteration. Six Ps, proportion, provision, perspective, permanence, peace, and priorities. And through those verses we can see why Jesus gives us a solid reason, a firm foundation as to why we can trust God with tomorrow, even when we're facing things that are unknown, uncontrollable, and uncertain. And he reminds us, 
He reminds us we can trust God with tomorrow because God gives us what we need each day. God gives us what we need each day. Jesus points to the world around us in verse 26 to 30. He says, look at how God feeds the birds. Look at how God gives the fields their beauty. And then he takes it from the birds and the fields and he makes it personal. Your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Will he not much more clothe you? How much more will he care and provide for you and me? Verse 34 doesn't sugarcoat things, does it? Each day has enough trouble of its own. We are a fallen people living in a fallen world. We're going to meet trouble and problems. Each day will have its problems and difficulties. But, but what we see in these verses building up to verse 34 is that God our Father knows what we need. That's what it says in verse 32. He cares and he will provide what we need for us each day. Just, just look through scripture and that's what you see. Think about the Israelites when they escape from Egypt. 600,000 out in the desert and what does God do? Exodus 16, he provides food, manna for them daily. They aren't to store it up. If they store it up, it rotted. No, God would provide it for them daily. After Jesus came, this gift of food, it became more commonly known as grace. Grace is God's favor to us and he gives it for right now. He gives us what we need each day. And the greatest thing God gives us each day is himself. God is with us. And having the right person with you makes a difference, doesn't it? If I was in a fight, which obviously doesn't happen that often, uh, but if I was in a fight, I would definitely rather have Dwayne the Rock Johnson next to me. He's the big guy, if you haven't worked that out. If he was with me, I wouldn't fret. In our passage... There is Jesus, God in the flesh, speaking to the people on the mountainside. His father too is near and hears. Jesus tells us he's attentive to animals and flowers. He'll be attentive to his children. And Jesus is genuinely with us right now through his Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Christ. The same spirit of power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. That's what the Bible tells us. We are in Christ and Christ through his spirit is in us. When we get caught up in our worries about tomorrow, in a way we're imagining tomorrow without God. Imagine this. A teacher tells their class, next lesson they're going to have a test. It's a nice surprise. And you can imagine the reaction. It doesn't go down too well. Moaning, groaning, and a bit of fear and worry. But the teacher tells them to trust them. Trust him. Next day, the class come in, uh, and the teacher starts the test. But to the class's surprise, he helps them all the way through it. Takes them through one question at a time. And they do all right. Worrying about tomorrow is imagining 
it without knowing how the teacher, how Jesus, is with us and will give us what we need. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he was yesterday, he is today, and will be tomorrow. Remember that. Believe that. Take courage from that, even when experiencing fear and worry. Trust God with tomorrow. He's with us. He'll give us what we need each day. And each day is going to have enough to occupy us. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That last bit of the verse. So, focus on today. Trust God with tomorrow. Focus on today. Here's a, here's a bit of a game plan for what that might look like. Uh, first, uh, it involves acknowledging our limits. We get that sense from Jesus' bit of banter in verse 27, don't we? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? No. No, in a sense, worrying is futile because there's so much we can't control. There's so much we don't know. The problem comes when we want control or put, put too much confidence in our own predictions. Uh, I do this whenever Louise wants to rearrange the furniture in our house, which is a surprisingly regular occurrence, actually. Uh, I'm not going to lie, it gets me a bit stressed, uh, because I don't want to change things. I don't want to change things. I am usually overconfident the arrangement she wants will not fit, so I don't want to waste my time moving furniture thinking it will not fit. Uh, safe to say, pains me to say this, I'm wrong 99% of the time. Our goal, our goal is to be confident God is in control. The God who knows, who is powerful, who is already in tomorrow. Our goal is to be confident God's in control and that Jesus is with us each day and be less confident in our own predictions about the future. Be less confident in our own predictions about the future because the reality is they may not even happen. Acknowledge our limits. Uh, second, listen and speak to our Heavenly Father. Uh, last week, my son Finley, he came crying in the middle, or he was crying, sorry, in the middle of the night uh, in his room. He'd got up, bless him, to come into our room for a hug. But his room was so dark that he couldn't see the way out. So he just stood in the middle crying, uh, which panics us because he's in the same room as B, and she's an absolute beast if she wakes up. So... He stood in the middle crying uh, and I went in and he still couldn't see me when I opened the door. But all that it took to calm him down was for me to say, I'm here, I'm here Finley, and then try and find his hand. Wonderfully, wonderfully, God has spoken to us. He's spoken to us in the Bible. And he is constantly reminding us through it that he is with us. Check out Psalm 139. He's our refuge. Check out Psalm 18. He is our shepherd. Check out Psalm 23. He is our provider and sovereign king. Have a read of Genesis 50. 
we need to remind ourselves. We need to remind one another of who God is, of how big he is, that he is in control and that he is there with us each day. Listen to him, trust him, believe him and speak to him. So often, maybe even unconsciously, we look for help or for escape from our worries elsewhere. I'll just work harder. Uh, I'll just watch one episode of Netflix, that series I've been watching, which then turns swiftly into 10. I'll scroll social media, I'll smash a tub of Ben and Jerry's, or a gym, gym session, or a run. Doing these things isn't wrong, well, a tub of Ben and Jerry's isn't gonna be great, for you, but instead of running to them, we can run to our Heavenly Father and speak to him. We can go to him each day with the things that are concerning us, the trouble and problems each day brings. We can name our worries to him and speak to them about them, knowing he listens. We can say, Jesus, I need help. We can pray, please take this away. We can pray, help me trust in you, Lord. As I struggle, change me to be more like Jesus. We can pray, thank you. Thank you that one day be free from all worry. And speaking to him might also include saying sorry. Stick with me on this one. You see, quite often it's when our wants or desires become too big that we worry. They become needs. And the tricky part is that these desires aren't always necessarily bad. The issue is how much we want them. Do I want to be liked by that person? Or do I really need to be? Do I, do I want to do well on that exam? Or nail that presentation at work? Or do I really need to? The desires become more important to us than God, who gives us all we need. And this is when we need to ask for forgiveness. Knowing that God does forgive, loves us and wants us to draw close to him. So walk, listen and talk with God day by day. Relying on him and asking him for the needs each day will bring. And last thing, do and say something constructive. Two brief thoughts, work and love others. God's given us jobs to do. So look to what jobs you have to do today and focus on them. And I think this takes us back to verse 33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Be ambitious for God today. Love others around you. Care for them today. Live in a way that points people to Christ, putting the Spirit's work on display, the fruit of which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Live in a way that points people to Jesus and tell people about Jesus. That's the most loving thing we can do, isn't it? And finally, be constructive by preparing today for tomorrow. What I don't think this final verse 
is saying here is do not prepare for the future. Do not worry is not the same as do not give it any thought, is it? The birds that Jesus talks about in the previous verses don't simply wait in the trees for food to magically drop into their mouths. What Jesus isn't saying in this context is that we're just to sit back and wait for food, clothing to drop into our lap. No, we can take reasonable thought and care and do good things to prepare for the future. Silly example, but take farmers. When farmers plough their fields, they are thinking about tomorrow because they know their crop isn't going to grow automatically. In a sense, they're preparing for the future. There will be good and right things we can do to prepare today for tomorrow. If you have a big decision to make, ask someone, ask someone today who might be able to give you some wisdom about it. If you've got an exam or presentation at work next week, think about what you can do today to prepare. There's wisdom in saving and ensuring things. But we aren't to be so concerned about the things of the future that they dominate our life or that they limit us in the present. We aren't to be so concerned with the things of the future that they stop us living for God now. We will need to leave it and trust God with it. Prepare today and leave it with God. So a game plan for today. Acknowledge our limits. Listen, speak to God our Father. Do and say something constructive. Jesus says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Trust God with tomorrow and focus on today. In a sense, it's pretty simple, isn't it? And yet, and yet, although we understand it, it's a truth so often we struggle to live out. I know I certainly do. Which is why we need to revisit it. It's why we need to lead each other to do the same, and often. It's why we need to pray that the Spirit would etch it into our souls and pray that these fundamentals would become more real to us each and every day. I'm going to invite the band to come back up now and they're going to lead us in a moment in a song where we'll praise our Heavenly Father who we trust tomorrow with. Trust God with tomorrow and focus on today. He's with us. He'll give us what we need. Just before the band play, we're going we're to spend a moment in quiet, just for a moment, praying these things for ourselves as we go into this week and beyond. So we'll have a moment of quiet and then the band will lead us in worship.